So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. <laughs> Not sure if you can tell yet. I'm back in the gym, baby. <laughs> I'm back in the gym. Look at, you wouldn't be able to tell yet. I, I went to the gym the other day. Uh, we just reopened on, what was it? I think it was last Thursday. I was 76.5 kilos. Super pumped. So pumped to be back. It was good as well because I wasn't expecting us to be able to be back so soon because so three three months ago our gym or my gym closed because we had we had 80 cases of coronavirus in, uh, in Victoria where I live. And then uh, just on Wednesday, just gone, we had 1,400 cases. And the state government said, no, you know what? Actually, 1,400 is actually a lot safer than 80. So open that gym back up. Let's get the guys back in there. I reckon fitness is a really important part of this lockdown. I know <laughs> it, it, you've got to follow the science. That's what I'm saying. You've got to follow the science. And if the science says, no, 80 cases is dangerous, you've got to understand that the science says, no, 1,400 is not that dangerous because the science has changed. <laughs> the science is, this is the thing. Like I, I get that science is important, but the problem is, have you guys noticed that that like for everyone who worships science, no one wants to talk about the fact that six months ago what the scientists were saying was different to what the scientists say now. And that's what science is, isn't it? Apparently, isn't science supposed to be like an exploration? You're supposed to constantly be progressing. You're supposed to constantly be improving. And uh, like, I think COVID's a, a fantastic example of just how funny science is because obviously like the, the high priest of our culture today is the scientist. And if the scientist is wrong, then you know our foundations are pretty shaky. But it's, it's awkward because all the conversations that I seem to be a part, on, a part of is like, Tice, mate, this is a very complex pandemic that we're in. It's a very dangerous and difficult situation, which it, which it probably is. Like for me, it's, for me, it's fine because I'm 34 and healthy. Uh, but for, for a lot of elderly people, it's a, it's a really tough thing. I, you know, I found out the average age of death of coronavirus this week. So the average age of person who dies with coronavirus is 86 years old. That's the average. I can feel people getting angry that I mention that because you're not, you're not allowed to mention stuff like that because, because it makes it... People, people think you're undermining the value of an elderly life. I'm not, I'm not undermining the value of, of anyone's life in saying that. I'm just pointing out a fact that the... Did you know that? Did you know the average age of, of COVID deaths was, was 86 years old? That's, <laughs> that's three years older than the average age of life. In, that's the, like the average life expectancy in Australia for a male is 83 years old. <laughs> so... It's like COVID sounds a bit like a bargain if you put it like that, doesn't it? I don't know if it's a bargain. It's weird when you start talking about death and stuff as well because it's such a touchy subject and everyone's got a grandpa or a grandma and they're like, no, no, they, they may be they may be a little bit more susceptible to these illnesses and diseases. And it's not it's not that I don't care about your grandma and grandpa. It's not it's not that. I've got a grandma and grandpa too. Just one. The other two, the other two died. Not of COVID. They actually weren't lucky to love live as long enough. Uh, as long as the average COVID death age. They, my grandma, she died at 80, 81, Nan, and my granddad died at, I think he was 81 as well, 82. But um, yeah, it wasn't COVID. It wasn't COVID that got him. It was it was cancer, which is uh, uh, cancer. For my granddad, actually, he had a blood clot. He had a stroke, and my, which is, you know, maybe there's something in common there with, with you know, these, these COVID people. AstraZeneca's got the, the blood clot rep, doesn't it? It's, 
I don't know. It's it's a weird situation uh, talking about anything COVID anymore because the science changes so quickly. Remember at the start they said, hey, don't wear a mask. Then they said, hey, do wear a mask. Then they said, hey, if you're pregnant, definitely don't get the jab. And then halfway through someone's pregnancy says, no, no, you have to get the jab. And then they said, no, hey, just get the jab if you're under 60. Then they said, no, if you're over 12, go get the jab. Follow the science. Hashtag. <laughs> yes. I'm, oi. Listen. Okay, this is where I stand. I'm happy to follow the science. But for fuck's sake, figure out what you're talking about because every time I tell someone I believe in the science and then try and quote what you guys say, they always come back to me and they say, that's not the science anymore. <laughs> I'll get it. But just let's stop pretending at least. Can we just, let's just stop pretending that science has all the answers. Science is an exploration, a beautiful exploration of things that exist. But to say that they have all the answers is, is completely untrue. All right. Otherwise, my gym wouldn't have closed at 80 cases and reopened at 1400 cases. All right. That's a big, that's a big jump in science. <laughs> it's a big jump. It's a big jump. I'm not even going to apologise this week for speaking about COVID because it's it's we're the world record holders here in Melbourne now for lockdown. So that gives me a platform to be able to speak confidently to the rest of the world about all things COVID with no apologies. You see, we we've still got people here saying no. The reason that we've been so lucky to have such few deaths is because we've been locked down for 18 months. It's because we've nearly spent we spent nearly a year of days in lockdown, and that's that's why we we don't die. But. <laughs> It's probably true, to be fair. But I mean, what, what's the cost of that? I mean, there's there's not many businesses around anymore, is there? Or the people who do still have a business are, are flat out broke. All of a sudden, and I love, so our, our local government, they're, they're saying now that if you don't get the jab, so we've we've reached like 80% of people who have had their first dose, which is which is a significant achievement in such a small time. Like, assuming they're telling us the truth with numbers. It's not just a peer pressure stunt. But they've come out now, they said, look, we know you haven't worked for 18 months. All right, your businesses are done. You don't have as much money as you'd like. We all get it, all right? I'm only on 450 grand a year, which is the same as last year. But we don't need to go into details because otherwise you're just going to make me look and sound like an asshole. Sure, I'm on 450K. It's only nearly half a mil. I thought by this age I would have been on like half a mil because... I don't know. I just had these bigger dreams as a kid, but COVID stuffed, and we're all in this together. This little business owner says, "They go, oh, excuse me, I can't even afford to get maybe a little bit of broccoli on my dinner plate no more because I've just don't have any money." They go, "Ah, I've got an idea. Go and get this jab, otherwise you can't work even longer." They go, "Hang on, I'm perfectly healthy. The average age of death for this thing is 86 years old. I'm 34. I've been working here. You can see the muscles in my back through the video that I took myself doing chin-ups last Tuesday." Really did happen. Plus, my diet's fantastic. My immune system seems strong. Is this really necessary? Yes, it's very necessary, but it doesn't even help with transmission. Yes, it does follow the science. I thought I was. They've changed their mind. <laughs> Stop changing your mind. It makes it so hard to argue. I, I want to be that bloke who uses science as a as like the foundation to my decisions. But even scientists can't do that anymore because people who get going, hey, follow the science, and then the scientist talks, and the other scientist goes, I disagree. And then everyone else who already has their opinions formed just go with the mainstream story of, of what's been being told. Anyway, I don't, what, how do you guys go with the rule, follow the science? What's what's the equivalent of follow the science? I don't, I don't know. It's a... Uh, I mean, I change my mind a lot about stuff as well, but it's just, it's weird when you when you refer to some arbitrary scientist who has no name, it's just some, like when you say scientist, we're essentially saying, hey, listen to the smartest people 
on this subject. But the problem is there's no consensus amongst the smartest. Well, there is some consensus among some of the smartest people, but the flip side of that is there's other scientists going, you guys are completely wrong, and I feel like you're taking the public for a little bit of a ride, and now uh, we're mandating this vaccine among young and healthy people, saying if you don't get this, then you can't work. It's like, hang on a second, I... I don't really like where we're going here. I'm not 100% sure of the power that we're giving this government to be able to run in our life. It's weird as well because we just, we give it away like a little bit at a time, don't we? We're like, okay, I'll wear the mask. It's annoying. Okay, I'll lock down for 18 months. All right, I won't go to work. No worries. I won't go to my mum's. No, I won't go past 5K. Then they say, oh, all right, just get the jab. You can do everything you want. So you get the jab and oh, here we are. I don't, I'm not sure anything is going to change. But I made a mistake the other day because I was trying to, I was having a conversation with my mum. She called me, and we're on we're on very different pages. She works in a hospital. She's sixty three years old. Watches a lot of mainstream television, which is completely fine. But obviously, like my mum and I have very different perspectives on what's going on through this whole coronavirus pandemic. Um, she's a little more concerned about the the health impacts on someone like her and the health impacts of her friends, and I understand it. Um, there's there's obviously like a lot of nerves and a lot of tension, a lot of uncertainty around that. But I'm starting to get to a point now where I'm questioning, uh, is COVID the real issue here? There seems to be, are we just using this COVID thing as an excuse to maybe be taken advantage of? Is it, can we really trust the government? I know we keep catching them out on lies that they've told them all, but are they still telling us lies about this? Oh, I really want to know. So I said to mum, I go, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get the vax, ma. Look, I'm, I'm young, I'm healthy, I work for myself now, well, pretty much. I mean, I lose a bit of teaching job and potentially some other work, but I'm like, I can't justify it. For me, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll take a pay cut if it means I can just get to stand confidently on my own values, on my own principles. Um, far out. What's a little bit of a pay cut for me? I don't care. Get stuffed. Take my money. You know what I mean? Like. I find it hard. I'm the kind of guy. I find it a little bit hard if I get manipulated into doing something that I don't like. I wake up the next morning. I go, oh, I probably, I probably shouldn't have done that. The first time I was 19 years old. I, first time I had sex, 19 years old, right? This is trust me, it's coming back to a point. I wasn't that good, but no one's that good the first time they do it. I was with a with this chick who's she's far more confident. She she knew what was going on. I didn't have a. I wasn't 100 percent sure what was going on. I thought, you know what, I'm not actually 100 percent sure this is the way I want to do this. I'm not convinced, but she, like, she was pretty persuasive. She she put up good talk, put up a good fight, and I thought, you know what, far out. Let's just let's just do it. I, I woke up the next morning and I was like, eh, I I feel I think I just got abused. <laughs> I think I just got taken advantage of. <laughs> Which you know what? I know there's plenty of guys listening to this podcast. They go, "Oh, you poor bastard." Yeah, nah, mate, got heaps of sympathy for you. Feel real bad. You must be devastated. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't devastated, but put it this way. I felt like, I was like, all right, so you got to learn to put your foot down. <laughs> you got to learn when to say no. Like when, when the, the situation that you're in doesn't add up to the values that you hold, just put your foot down and go, no. And if it upsets another person, well, so be it. And so that's what I've been trying to learn. And this whole COVID thing, it's not as exciting as, as that particular night. It's not the same top, not the same topic, but the same, the same sort of things in play in the sense that it's like, all right, well, I've made up my mind here. I don't want to, I don't want to get your vaccine because I just don't think it's effective for someone my age. I don't think it's necessary, um, and that's, and that's it, and that's it. So I was, I was trying to explain to my mum. It doesn't matter what they take away from me. It doesn't matter how hard they push. It doesn't matter how loud they yell. It doesn't matter how much they get aggressive. I'm just going to say no. So I made the point. I go, mum, you know what? Fire out. They can kill me before they give me this vaccine. Look, if you're if you're the kind of bloke who's thinking maybe maybe I'm not going to get the vaccine, don't say that to your mum. All right, it's not it's not helpful when you're when you're seeing the situation so differently 
to someone else and they already think you're a little bit nuts with the views that you hold around a particular topic, don't say that the line for you is they can kill you before they force you. My po- I was trying to say, look, there's nothing they can do that's going to make, make me take the vaccine. That's, that was my point. That's what I was trying to say. It didn't come across that way. I don't know how that came across, but it, it just it came across it came across bad. I I think if my kid said that to me, I reckon if my son said to me, hey, you know what, this is something I'll die for. I go, mate, good boy. Good boy. You gotta have a line in the sand. Like, surely we've all got things that we would die for, wouldn't we? Like I wouldn't hesitate, I don't think. I hope not. If someone had a gun to my wife's head and they had a gun to my head, they had a gun to my kid's head and said, Alright, Tyus, it's you or these two, I would go. That's too much hesitation, isn't it? <laughs> That's too much of a force. I think, I think as long as it's quick, they can't guarantee that. That's that's one thing I'd die for. I'd die for family and a few of my friends at least. Some of them I probably wouldn't because I'm like, mate, you sort of we're in, we just don't see things eye to eye anymore. We're, we're we're different people. But do you guys have things? Surely we've all got something that we'll die for. All good movies have someone who's willing to die for something. That's what makes life interesting, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> Honestly, if someone had a gun to my head, the whole story could change. But, gee, it makes me sound brave saying it to you, though. But I just don't want you to ever hold me accountable for these words. All right? I don't want you to ever hold me accountable for these words because it's uh, it's so much easier sitting in your studio talking about stuff like this than it is with an actual gun to your head. I get that. And hey, sometimes I'm a big talker. Sometimes I talk too much is actually... Is actually probably more what I'm trying to say. Like, like, like can I can I give you an example of? I hate awkward silence. I, I hate it when when somebody says something to me and I don't have something to say back. Like usually I like it. I like it to be a little bit witty, a little bit fun. I like people to have a laugh. So I think naturally, like the way that I'm going to try and have a conversation with someone is they'll say something to me, and if there's like a little bit of banter in it, I'll try and think quick and go papa and throw something back with you to make them laugh. Ha ha, we're on a good mood. I'll see you later. Have a good day. And that's just good for everyone. Sure, we all love that situation. We all love to leave a situation feeling a little bit, a little bit upbuilt, a little bit like that was funny, a little bit like that was a cool experience to be in. And most of the time, it works. No, I, would, I shouldn't say most of the time it works, but but fifty percent of the time I, I have a good call. Fifty percent of the time I walk away, I go, oh, yeah, I didn't hear that when I said it, but now I now I hear exactly what they heard, and I uh, I had I had an experience like this just uh, just last week. Uh, what is it today? It's Monday today, last Friday. Last Friday, I was I was walking along the bike path here that I tell you guys about sometimes, and the sun was out, my guns were out, standard story, you know it by now. But I walked past this guy who was he was standing there with his bike. He was uh he, he was sweating like a trooper, he looked pretty tired, um, he looked like he had worked pretty hard, and uh, I, I just walked past him, I said, Hey mate, how you doing? He goes, to be honest, I'm pretty rooted. I go, Oh, far out, yeah, man, like how how far did you ride? And he goes, oh, I've just ridden 75 kilometers. It's like 50, 50 miles. And uh, and this is what I said to I was trying to encourage him. I was trying to say to him, mate, you deserve to be tired. But he had said to me, I'm pretty rooted. He said, oh, yeah, rode for 75K. I go, you know what, mate? You deserve to be rooted. And there was a there was a look on his face that said, like, I wish you, I wish you didn't say that. And I actually didn't know what I'd said at that moment. I was, I was trying to say, no, you deserve to be exhausted with such a big ride. But the words come out and I told him that he deserves to be rooted, um, which is an interesting, it's just an interesting thing to, for, for a grown man to say to another grown man who's not, not his friend. 
you know, the, the thing that actually, <laughs> the thing that made me realize that what I'd said probably was unacceptable because as I'd said that, obviously his face dropped and the joy uh, from the conversation disappeared, dissipated completely. But there's a lady about five meters down from him who heard me say to him, mate, you deserve to be rooted. And she looked at me like, she, she gave me that look which said, oh, the bloody men these days, they're so disgusting. All they think about is sex. You deserve to be rooted for going on a bike ride. What a prick. What a pre- I, did, I, don't, I actually don't know if that's how she spoke, but she gave me a look which suggested the tone of her voice would be that one. What a prick, where it goes a little bit up at the end of the sentence. And I, so I left that particular conversation and I, I just, I didn't know what, what had just happened for about 30 seconds after I replayed it in my mind and said, oh, okay, yeah, so I'm pretty rooted. Just went for a, a 75K bike ride. Oh, mate, you deserve to be rooted. And I was... You know when you you know when you hear what you actually said, like when it when it comes back to you and you go, ah, yeah, 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 I I, I heard that. I, I get the problem now. I understand what's happened. It was one of those I understand what's happened moments. I was a, it was a disappointing moment. It was a disappointing moment to have to look at yourself and go, oh wow, yeah, every every look that you just received was justified. You deserved you deserved every little bit of that. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I, I find it funny when people... Surely they found that funny. Like, maybe I'm sure I'm the one that's just only overthinking. Oh, surely, right? I'm overthinking it. Tell me tell me I'm overthinking it. Make me feel better. Uh, I, I'm the kind of guy... I, I honestly... I just enjoy it when people get muddled up with their words. I, I love it when people say the wrong thing at the wrong time, the wrong place. My wife always gets her expressions muddled up, which I really appreciate. What she said to me the other day, she was trying to say, there's two expressions. Let's get this show on the road or let's get the ball rolling. And my wife came out and she goes, hey, let's get this ball on the road. I go, sweetie, it's not the, that's not the expression. Like, that's not the right thing. She goes, no, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I go, I understand, I understand that you're saying, hey, let's get it going. I understand what you're saying. But the way, like, there's a phrase, the, the phrases exist for a reason. You can't just be saying, let's get this ball on the road when it's either let's get the show on the road or let's get the ball rolling. They're two, they're two different things. And she'll try and justify it. And, and, and I'll have a bit of fun with her and try and make her in And she'll stand firm on the fact that she believes that any cliche is, is like, it's just acceptable. So I, I start throwing things that are just like, okay, what do you think about Nike? Like, with Nike, could you say do it, uh, do, it if you, do it if you want? Like, I know it's a little bit different, but it doesn't have that same emphasis, does it? Like, there's a, a cliches or slogans are slogans for a reason. They, they've got a reason for the way they are. You can't just be manipulating it and, and making it your own and then trying to justify your actions. That's not what you're supposed to do. I feel like you should just own up to the fact you said the wrong thing. Just understand you've just told a, bro- a bloke that he deserves to be rooted. You didn't know. You, you've just got to own it because that's the way you grow. That's the way you grow. But I think the, the problem is for me and my wife, we... We're very different personalities. I'm very, like, if you want to look at love languages, I'm a very, I'm physical touch and I'm um, quality time. I love those those kind of things. She's very words of affirmation. She likes it when I say, hey, you're so beautiful, you're so pretty. But from, I don't say those kind of things enough. But for me, it's so interesting that she is those things because for a person who appreciates the kindness and the goodness of words so much, she, how do I say this? She's, uh, her, she's, got, a pretty, she's got a pretty brutal tone. <laughs> she knows this this isn't a she's not going to hear this she would never listen to my podcast i don't think she's been promising me she will for the last four weeks but she's she's yet to be able to relate to me on any story that i've just dropped into conversation to see if she was on the same wavelength as you and i 
You see, she doesn't realize that I'm testing her, but this is this is where we are. See, if, if this conversation comes back to me during the week, I'll know she was listening, but she won't. She won't she won't hear it. So I can I can go as hard as I want right now. Because actually this and until she decides to contribute to this part of our relationship, I feel I should have the freedom to be able to say what I want in this. If she addresses me about it, gets confrontational, maybe I'll back down a little bit. But it feels good to be tough with you guys. Feels good to tell you how I really feel. Feels good to be able to open up with you, people who get me, my people. You know? Who does she think she is? Am I right? <laughs> That's babe. I'm so sorry. If you ever hear this, I'd like to apologize. That was all the joke. I'm doing the dishes tonight anyway. You're a wonderful cook and a beautiful human. But the thing is, what she does is uh, so her tone of voice isn't great. And it's for me, it's strangely attractive. It's, it's very strange. The thing that got me so interested in Jessie was well, she gave me absolutely nothing. She gave me nothing for the first six months of us meeting. And and I misread the situation big time because I thought I thought she was giving me hard to get vibes. I'd seen hard to get vibes before. I knew how the game works. I knew she was just playing standoffish because she wanted Popplestone to like her more. I read I read it like a book. Yeah, she didn't show that much interest in me, but it was all part of the game in my mind. It was all it was all part of what she was trying. She was trying to create this this um, this level of uh, mysticism. She was trying to create this idea of uh, I don't know. I misread it in hindsight. All those things were untrue. <laughs> it was hard to find out that it was untrue as well because I thought, all right, sweet. I thought we were on the same page. She, I thought she knew she was playing hard to get and I thought she knew that I knew she was playing hard to get. But in amongst all that noise and all that chaos, I thought we had a mutual understanding of, hey, eventually we'll be together. Not, not, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't bang my fist together and say be together because that makes it more sexual. I was talking, I was talking purely as a couple. I mean, we've got a kid now, so so the other part was true as well. But that's that's not for this podcast, is it? It's a twenty three second story from start to finish, foreplay and all. So I can tell you if you're interested. I tell you what, my broccoli juices are strong. That my zinc tablets are doing their job. I'm I'm just saying, look, there's nothing, there's no problems there. Like we've got that part covered as well. But that's not what I'm referring to now. So get your mind out of the gutter. And come back to what I was really talking about. Because I don't come here just to hang out with a bunch of perverts who want to hear about my sex life, you know? It's despicable. I hope you haven't got kids in your car. If you do, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know? Anyway, I didn't come here to tell you off either. So let's get back. Let's get back to the story. So so here's the thing. So, okay, we were in the 2007. She was she was young. We won't get into specifics. She was she was probably, she was fairly young. No, I was younger too, but there's a few years, there's a three and a half year age gap. I was 19, you do the maths. I'm not sure, what's that, 15 and a half? No, she's just turned 17, I'm pretty sure. That's what, that's what I tell my mates anyway. So, so I'd met, read all the right cues. And then one day, how's this? I said to her, I, we were on MySpace at the time. I sent her a message, I go, hey, hey Jesse, I've got a guy who'd be perfect for you. Have I told you guys this? And then I just dropped one after another of, of the qualities about myself, which were so... It was so obvious about me. Like there was no there was no doubt it was about me. It was, hey, I know the guy is handsome, he's funny, charismatic, warm, huh? Fit, middle distance. I didn't want to say skinny, ribs showing. So I said fit. I was a middle distance runner. And she wrote back, wow, sounds well, this is how I read it. Wow. Sounds too good to be true. And I thought, yeah, mate, I got you hook, line, and sinker. You're about, to, you're about to fall for the pop so hard. 
I, I later found out she was taking the piss and she goes, oh, wow, sounds too good to be true. Like, I know, I know exactly what you're doing. So I, I got the wrong vibe. This is the problem with text messaging. This is why you've got to do phone calls because there's so much that can be expressed through tone of voice. You've got to be able to express yourself through tone of voice. It doesn't matter how many emojis you use or the size, like whether it's a, a caps lock or just normal. What's normal size writing call? Just normal font, not caps lock. Capitals and, and baby letters. You know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't just sit there judging someone because they don't understand you know, what the opposite of a capital letter is. A baby letter. There. Don't Google it. No one even really cares that much about what... Have you ever needed to know? It's like algebra. You never really need to know these things until you do, which is right now. But that's the thing. We got caught up on a, a message and I thought, beautiful. Well, I'm going to take this a step further. I'm going to take this... I'm going to take this to... I'm just going to let her know that, hey, she's in good hands. So I did what, you know, most great men do. I went and bought like a little teddy from Coles, two bucks. I was on a budget. I was at uni. I didn't have heaps of money to spend. And a, a card. I think I had one in the top drawer. I'm not sure if it was a birthday card, but we, we made it relevant. And I said, hey, um, I can't remember exactly what I wrote on the card. I can, but I'm not going to share it with you because looking back, it probably wasn't as cool as I'd like to, I'd like to share. And I dropped it at the doorstep and I thought, oh, baby, here we come. Not baby, here we come. That was 14 years later, baby, we got one. But I just meant like, baby, here we go, is probably a better way to explain what it is that I'm trying to express. Baby, here we go. All of you guys who've got your mind in the gutter, baby, here we come. Fire out. The people I hang out with, it's disgusting. But anyway, baby, here we go. Next day, I woke up, heard nothing. I thought, oh, she obviously hasn't seen it. I left it at her front door. I thought, obviously, she goes out her front door to get to school. Nothing. And this is this is quite a tense experience for me. I wanted her to know that I liked her. I wanted to to take this relationship to the next level. And uh, afternoon came, nothing. Two p.m., three p.m., nothing, nothing. Four p.m. I was I think I was on MySpace the whole time. Five p.m. went to running training. Could not stop thinking about it. Seven p.m. got home. Inbox message about the teddy dot 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 from Jessica Bobblestone. And uh, look, what we'll say is is everything that I thought I knew about Jesse and the potential that we had for a relationship was shut down pretty much in that moment. She goes, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm just not interested <laughs> is essentially what a whole page worth of writing boiled down to. Look, man, sorry, not interested. And uh, but how's this? How's this if you don't think she had a bloody good catch on her hands? Her mum messaged me. Her mum messaged me, goes, Tyus. Listen, she's young. I don't reckon she knows what she's looking for in a man right now. But how about every Thursday you come to our house for dinner? I said, Leanne, you're a wonderful woman. What time should I be there? Next Thursday, rocked up. Awkwardness, a little bit high. A little bit, oh, hi, Jesse. Oh, hi, Ty. How you going? Yeah, cool. Uh, she had two brothers. I just went and hung out with those guys for a little bit. They used to watch, they used to play that Grand Theft Auto. I'd hang out in there. She'd come in every now and then. Flirt is what I thought the word for it was. She thought she was just being friendly, saying hello, trying to get over any hurdles, whatever she had. Like, she tries to justify it that way. <clears throat> but we used to go out after dinner. We thought, you know what? I said, hey, let's just get past this awkward thing. Because we were friends. I said, let's just go out. Let's just go out. We'll get a little bit of dessert. We'll get a drink. We'll get some, I don't know, ice cream. Whatever it is that you do with, with, with someone that you're trying to win over. The long story short, we did that for about six months. Then one night, one night, we were sitting at, at Hyder Bar, or Java Lounge in Ballarat. And she goes, look, I've made a terrible mistake. I said, okay, please, please elaborate. She goes, look. I think I like you. And I said, yeah, cool, baby. 
Cool man. No, <laughs> I didn't say cool baby yeah man. That's not what I. Do you know what? What I did was way worse. And this is this is actually this is a true story. I got up. I had my phone in my pocket. I said, "Hey, I'll be back in a minute." I walked outside and I, I called my mum. <laughs> I go, "Hey, uh, hey, ma. Guess what?" She goes, "What, mate?" I go, "Um, Jessie's just told me she likes me." I go, "She goes, that's awesome. That's because she knew she knew how long I'd liked Jessie for. I'd been telling her a few stories, and uh, she goes, "When did this happen?" I was like, "Ma, like right now." And she's like, "Oh, where are you?" I said, "I'm just sitting at a bar." She goes, where's Jessie? I said, mum, she's inside the bar. She goes, Toss, did you come outside of the bar to call me? I go, of course. She goes, oh, mate, get back in. So this is a terrible start. This is a terrible start. Okay, hey, love you too, mate. Hung up, went back in, said, sorry, baby, just had to make a business call. <laughs> Little business call. That's fine. So the first 30 seconds of our relationship, I'd, I'd both run out to call my mum and then lied straight to her face about, about where I was. But hey, look where we are. 13 years later, 2008, 2020, 13 years later, 10 years married, mate, who's the king? Who's, come on, tell me who the king is. <laughs> you don't want to do it, do you? Just type it in the comments, I don't care. So that's the, that's us. But then, yeah, what I was what I was telling you guys about was tone of voice. So she's, <laughs> sorry, that was a tangent, but hey, you got a little backstory, didn't you? It's more than you bargained for. It's a free podcast, you downloaded it for free anyway. So, um I hope that was of some value to you, but I, I, I'm more I'm more interested in the way things are said. Jesse's more interested in what is said. So so my approach is, hey, let's focus on tone of voice, let's focus on body language, let's focus on mannerism. Maybe chuck a little smile in there. Just approach quite warmly. Jesse's all about, hey, let's be let's be efficient. You know, enough with all the bullshit. Tell me exactly what is on your mind. And so there's there's a little bit that gets lost in translation because because she'll come home from work. I go, hey babe, hey you have a good day. Hey, I love you so much. And she'll go, yeah yeah, love you too. I go, wait wait what? I, yeah, based on like her words say I love you too, but tone of voice says, man, honestly, I wish I lived anywhere but here. And she she genuinely she genuinely has trouble getting her head around how important tone of voice is, how important that element of a conversation is in order for, for us to feel like. But what's so funny is is it means I get away with more than I should. So as a result, I started to go, hey, yeah, love you, have a good day, sweet, no worries. So in my head, like as payback to her for being so cold sometimes, I'll be so cold back. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, have a good day, love you. And, and she just loves it. She's like, whoa, that's so, you're so thoughtful. Like I'll get home and I've been stewing on it all day, the way that she spoke to me. And I can't believe I spoke to her like that this morning. You'll get home, I go, babe, hey, I just wanted to say sorry about the way I spoke to you this morning. She goes, wait, when? I go, no, no, like when I said I love you, obviously I said it in a way which which sounded more like like I can't stand. She goes, are you kidding? She's like, those words have played on my mind all day. I thought that was such a beautiful way to leave. I said, babe, you didn't even smile at me when I said it. You frowned. I said it, your friend looked at the ground and like, how are you supposed to read that? I get so confused. It's such a confusing thing. Honestly, the book, The Five Love Languages has changed my life because me and Jeff, we were just two ships in the night. I had no idea. She would say something to me like, yeah, love you. I would hear just tone of voice, which said, you're a dickhead, can't stand being around you. She would feel as though she's done her part to show me. I would go up and give her a cuddle. She hates physical touch. I would give her a cuddle. She'd be like, oh, you're a bit clingy. Maybe just back off a little bit. And then both of us were just walking around in circles gone our partner I don't know I was going to say our partner's a dickhead I never thought that she tells me she's never thought that I personally I don't believe her when she says that 
I reckon there's a lot of people out there who've spent more than 10 minutes with me where they go, well, yeah, no, nah, you only need 10 minutes to get a vibe that, you know, there's dickhead vibes from time to time. <laughs> but that's what we're struggling with. What are you guys, like, what are you guys like? Do you have any, do you have any weird things like that in your, in your marriage where, like, you just come from different worlds? Different worlds. You know what I mean? Like, she's very lucky to be married to such a handsome man. I don't know if you've seen photos of my wife, but she's, she's batting, she's batting above her average. She's, she's done pretty well. You know, a lot of people say that, that when I say that it's not true and I'm actually compensating for the fact that uh, I've switched places of the fact that she's very, very attractive and I'm actually batting above my average. But it's, that beauty's in the eye of the beholder is what I always say. You know, it just so happens that the eye of the beholder, you know, often assume that she's the most attractive one. But I reckon there'd be someone out there with, with you know, visual impairment. Um you know, they might not get a they might not get a full grasp of, of the, the thing and they might actually look at me and go, you know what? Maybe it is better. Maybe in the blur I look better. Who knows? Squint your eyes and, and you guys tell. It's uh Yeah. We come from different families as well. Like we our family which is good. That's a really in fact, that was one thing that I always said I was gonna look out for in a marriage, that we came from different families. <laughs> because I don't know, I I lived in London for a couple of years and there was a couple of parts of London there where you know, I think some cultures are more happy with the fact that, like, you can marry second cousins and stuff. Like, legitimately, I think, isn't that true? Like, I think, I think in some in in some Islamic parts of the world, you're allowed to marry your second cousin if you want. I'm pretty sure that's true. Like, it sounds like I'm just being racist making that up. I'm, I, I'm, I think, I think, I don't know. Google it. I don't know if they filter that out. Maybe duck duck go it. I'm sure, but that's frowned upon, isn't it? In in Australia, like if anyone says, oh, "I'm married to my cousin," you go, "Hey, wait, what? <laughs> you married to your cousin?" Yeah. Second cousins is a bit different, isn't it? I've got a cousin who, when I was four, just hey, just relax. This is going nowhere. It's it's gone nowhere where you think it might be. Just you can just go into this story with ease. But here's the thing: my uncle Phil, he married he married a, a woman called Lena. Okay. And Lena brought a daughter into that relationship that she already had with a separate with a separate guy. So there was Phil, there was Lena, there was Nikki. She was separate daughter, separate guy. We were about the same age. And then my uncle Phil, because he married Lena, I started to call Lena my auntie. Which in my head, that what's that? That makes Nikki my second cousin. Is that right? Sorry, I'm just fixing my computer again. We're back. That. So technically, like, there's no, there's no blood relation. There's nothing. So if I, like, she was pretty. If I wanted to have a little, little cheeky kiss, I probably could have legally. Couldn't I? Could I? I'm not sure. If you're cringing, maybe that means I couldn't. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. I didn't do it just in case. I, I, I was never confident enough to take that risk. I thought, you know what, this is something, like, if I, if I start trying to put in, if I start trying to put in a couple of little flirty moves over the breakfast table when I stay at my auntie and uncle's house, that could go down real bad. Because it was, it was one of those things you didn't want to Google either, because you didn't want someone to go back to your Google history and be like, hey, is, uh, is your uncle's new wife's daughter uh, fair, fair game? Like, hey, watch the, watch the rule there. Are you allowed to do that? I didn't. I didn't. I can tell you guys think I'm saying I didn't, but genuinely I didn't. But, uh, yeah, so me and Jesse, we came from different families, and there's just there's little things that pop up along the way. Like there's little things that make you realize just how different your your family vibe is. And like the smallest little things, like the game of Scrabble, for example. Like so, Jesse Jesse plays what I call a street version of Scrabble. I come from a family that I like to say uh, very intellectual. 
very intellectual with the way we approach a Scrabble board. So the Popplestone family, if you wanted to play Scrabble, here's how you take your seven letters, you sit down, and then you spell out a word. But here was the deal. In order for you to actually be able to use a word, in order for you to create a word, you had to be able to define what that word was. So it couldn't just be qui and cross your fingers that the word QI was a word when you Googled it. You had to be able to say, all right, uh, zebra, African uh, horse-looking jungle horse. <laughs> okay, I was never great at scabble. It wasn't, it wasn't a strong point of mine. But they are, I guess they are like a jungle horse in a way. But I don't know, like a white striped, a white striped horse in the African uh, Sahara, maybe. I'm going to Google that soon because I'm not 100%. I wouldn't have been able to put that word down confidently. But what I'm saying is unless you could have had the definition for the word, you couldn't. Because so many people play this game. They just go, no, I'm going to put these words down and just cross my fingers that when we Google it, something comes up. That's the way Jessie plays. It does my head in because she's played Scrabble for so long that though she knows that there are some rubbish words that get accepted on a Scrabble board, she can't define them. So I'm all, yeah, listen, I'm all about, I'm all about like the intellectual development. Like I really want to improve my vocabulary through this game. I can't just be having like words thrown out willy nilly. Do you know? But her and her family, they just, they just chuck words out there willy nilly and then, and then just pray to baby Jesus that, that when we check on Google, it's a word. And, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So every time we sat down to play a game, I would get my ass kicked because they would put the Q, the which is worth 10 points on the triple word box you know they'd get 33 words for the word q uh, 33 points for the word qi <clears throat> well i'm stuck on like a uh, dog i think that's four points maybe two for the d i want to say o and g is both one point i'm not sure i haven't studied the board that closely but there was there was too many days where i just left that scrabble board with a with a lack of confidence based on based on what was thrown my way so I don't know what. How does your family play Scrabble? For me, for me, that intellectual vibe. Obviously, I'm getting the vibe that you guys would be really on my side. I'm also getting the vibe that you guys can sense the frustration, the tension, um, the disappointment of how many games of Scrabbles that I've lost in the last <laughs> ten years. I had to call her out on it last night. I go, look, hey, uh, no, uh, uh, technically I didn't call her out on it last night, but last night we did play. We're going through a Scrabble phase for whatever reason. I, I hate the idea of playing board games. But then when we start playing board games, I get, I get, I always say I'm not that competitive. I'm disgustingly competitive. Um, I wrote a message to her last night in whiteboard marker on our bathroom mirror, um, just essentially calling her a cheat, making comparisons to to her and OJ Simpson, which is, um, which is uncalled for after a game of Scrabble. I was trying to explain to her that so she she did a word that she deliberately spelled a word wrong just to see if she could get it past me. And and she said it's fair game. If you, this is what I mean, they play street. They play street Scrabble. Uh, she said if you don't like, if you don't notice the word was spelt wrong, that's on you. I said no, no. Like what's really important is this is an intellectual game for both of us, where we're both trying to develop our vocabulary, we're both trying to uh, develop our spelling skills. This is something that we can really take away and grow as a couple through, you know. But she goes, no, no, get stuff. I'm going to spell a word whatever way I can, and if you don't notice it, that's on you. I'm going to win this game like that. Anyway, I said, I completely disagree. We're not going to play like that. She goes, all right, no worries. Got to the end of the game. She spelt the word Q. Now, I actually haven't double-checked this yet. So she spelt the word Q. It was Q-U-E, which I actually think is a word. But what she was trying to spell, she was trying to spell the word Q as in a line, like a line of people. As a, and is that Q-U-E-U, or have I just made that up? 
It doesn't matter. She thought she had spelt the word wrong. She deliberately, she put the word down. She thought it was spelt different. She got it past me somehow because I was writing down our scores. And then um, and then at the end of the game, she goes, hey, guess what? She goes, I won, but I cheated. I go, well, hey, come now listen here. Just because just because the game's finished, you've just been, essentially, if you get done, I come from a running background. Now, if you get done doing drugs in a running race, it doesn't matter if you win the race, the race is finished. If you get caught, you get disqualified. So your title is is now uh, is now void. It doesn't count. Like Lance Armstrong, technically won seven Tour de France's. In the history books, not there. Not there because he won them, but did he? Do you know what I mean? But did he? Who wants to win like that? Yeah, okay, he won, but did he? So the reason I compared it to O.J. Simpson was because O.J. Simpson was acquitted, but like everyone knows he did it, right? We're pretty sure he did it. Like he got let off the hook, but does that like does that mean you're innocent? Not really. Like money corrupts a little bit, surely. Surely, I wonder. Do you reckon they were throwing money at the at the judge for his trial? Did he really not? I don't know if he did it. That's the question. Anyway, it felt good to write last night because, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Jessie's family as well. So Jessie's family is, uh, her, her, she's actually got no grandparents left now. So I'm winning that competition. I've still got two. So I've, uh, I've, yeah, you know what I mean? My family's a little bit bigger, a little bit more resilient. Um, you know, don't just lay down as quickly as her family does. That's what I'm trying to say. They, uh, yeah, I'm not competitive. I'm just, I just do remind her, hey, you know what? You've got zero grandparents. I've got two. Don't say, don't say the Popplestones aren't fighters. <laughs> It's a, it's a really harsh thing to say, considering, uh, you know, her last grandparent parent only died a year and a half ago. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be tormenting them. Like I often, I'll just sometimes go up to her, go, hey babe, have you um, have you heard from your grandma lately? Which is, and then she'll say back to me, hey, how's Uncle Phil going? Uncle Phil died four years ago, and that immediately gets less funny. Immediately gets less. See, when the when the shoes on the other foot, when you're when you're the one throwing out the the heat, throwing out the hate, going, hey, how's your grandma going? And she goes. That's not funny, babe. Like, it's really disrespectful. But for me, it's I'm too busy pissing myself laughing to take it seriously. And then she throws back at me, hey, how's your Uncle Phil gone? A guy who I really love, respected, who passed away, sadly, four years ago. It gets less funny, doesn't it? That's the kind of, that's the kind of humor we're dealing with here. We, we abuse each other on the loss of loved ones, which is a really despicable thing to do in... Uh, in a family. We've got, a, honestly, I feel like this could be a counselling session for me. I'm just opening up to you about all the things I need to improve about my marriage. But here's the thing, her, her grandma, so the most, the most recent casualty, you know, the most recent loss, uh, Granny Lynn, legend, died of dementia. Um, I always tell Jessie she forgot herself to death, which is not funny. You cannot, I, like, I'm not saying that's funny. That's just what I, that's what I say to Jessie, just to see if she agrees. But you can't say you forgot yourself to death because it doesn't even make sense, first of all. But I don't know. It just it just seems like such a... It just, for me, it seems like such a good um, an insult. Just to... It's horrible. I'd like to... Maybe I edit that part out of the podcast because I, I can feel... I already got... Someone gave this podcast a two-star review last week. A two... Don't... If you're going to give it two stars, don't give it a star. Just, <laughs> I said to you, go and give it a review. Some, uh, one sec, is that still going? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, this, this, uh, we're going, aren't we? Yeah, good. Sweet. Now, this microphone, a little bit sketchy. It cut out for a minute there. Yeah, good. I can hear myself. Sweet, we're back. We never were anywhere. But <clears throat> I've been saying to you, go, hey, you know what? Go, go, go leave me a little review. And, uh, and some people have left really nice one, really nice ones. And then I, I just checked it the other day. I had four reviews and, 
in my average podcast thing, it dropped to like below five because some asshole thought he was funny. I don't even know if he thought he was funny. Maybe it's just being the scary thought is maybe he thought he was genuine. I'm assuming it's a he. You know what I mean? Do you really reckon a bloke with this face would get two-star reviews from his female listeners? Maybe. Maybe that's some more incentive for you guys to go and give me two-star. I don't know. But look, really appreciate the fives. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just stop doing it. But here's the thing. So so Jessie's granny, Lynn, the one who forgot herself to death, she was in a, um, she's in a, like an old, an old person's home. Um, it was good as well because she didn't know. She just, she, and it was my, it was honestly, it was my favorite place to go and visit. This is, I, I'll actually, I'll tell you the story about her first, then I'll tell you a couple of the reasons why it was one of my favorite places to visit. So she, um, she didn't remember anyone at the end, which is not why I'm smiling. That's not fine. That's quite sad. It was sadder for us. She didn't know. She forgot that she couldn't remember anyone. So we just went in. She just thought we were lovely strangers. But then, so she, she hadn't said any of our names for like two years. We'd go in and Jessie would be like, hey, hey, Granny Lynn, it's so good to see you, like, you're looking really good. You had to say things like this. She, she wasn't looking great at this stage, but you have you can't just go in and be honest about that because it's a like she's already gone through enough. And so, um, so we'd go in and and she just she had no idea. She had no idea who we were. We'd talk for half an hour. Anyway, one particular day, we'd been going in there for six months. One particular day, as we're leaving, Jessie was like, "All right, bye, Gran." Gave her a kiss on the cheek. I said, "Hey, see you, Granny Lynn." I went and kissed her on the cheek, and she grabbed my hand and she goes, "See you, Tyson." And I was like, oh, you bloody little bitch. I was like, are you faking it? And she all of a sudden, all she said was, like, see, Tyson, she just did this again. <laughs> just looked around. And I was like, wait, Lynn, be serious. Are you, is this, did you just remember? Okay, Lynn, tell me my name. She's, <laughs> she, she, I think it was the last, I think it was the last person she ever remembered. But I don't know. That's weird, isn't it? Like, is that a is that a is that something you experience a lot from dementia patients? Do they have like little moments of, of memory? It's really good. It's good to brag to Jesse about it. Go like, wow, it's amazing that like you've known her for twenty two years. I've just known her for for a couple, and uh, and she like I'm more memorable. Like, there's something in her brain that that makes me stand out, which is quite, which is quite beautiful. But yeah, it was. Honestly, so so the best place to go. So much fun, so much fun. Cause uh, she was in she was in high care, obviously, based on the stories I've just told you. She was in the high care place. So man, you'd go in there, and uh, and some of the people they they're living their best life. They honestly, it's just it honestly just feels like little childcare again. It's kind of sad to see that gradual decline. But if they're so happy, how can we be? How can we be upset? I didn't. I, there was it was very rare that I went in there and people were spewing. Like she was mostly happy. So I went in there. I went in there one particular day, and uh, and, and we were sitting there, and I was, I was having a really good chat with a bloke in the corner. It was about seventy, I guess, and uh, we were having a really good chat. And he seemed to be with it. I thought, oh man, it's interesting that this guy's in here. And I, I said to him, so what did you do? He's like, oh, I was a, I was a woodworker for years, and um, you know, my wife passed away. Blah blah blah. Anyway, um, there was something he threw out towards the end of the conversation where I thought, ah, oh, okay, something's a bit off. So he, he said to me, he goes, uh, he goes, mate, how did you get here? And uh, I said, oh, to the, like, to, to where, to here, to your home. Um, and he's like, uh, yeah. He goes, did you, did you just catch the, did you just ride the horses? And I was like, the horses? He goes, yeah, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, we used to just, uh, we used to just do the, um, we just used to have, like, there was a cart on the back of the horse, and they would just pull you along around the family. I was like, mate, we, um, 
okay, we drove a car. And he goes, a car? A car? What are we, what are you, like, okay, so explain this to, and I thought he was taking the piss out of me. I thought, this is, now there we go, sorry. The microphone was playing up a little bit and it made me, it made me uh, feel as though you're about to, we're back. But he goes, yeah, it's a car. So, uh, have you ever been, I don't know, it was just a weird situation for me to be in. Um, there's a, there's another guy, there's another guy there. It goes, um, this, this guy is actually my favorite. Um, so he was, he was just aggressive. So I, w- I went in there one day and there was this bloke coming up to me. I go, mate, how you going? And he used to always come up to me. He's like, um, mate, I tell you what, I'm pretty fucking shit house. And I was like, really? He's like, and he just looked at me like this. I go, can you stop it? And he wouldn't. He'd just keep doing it. He just had no, he didn't like any confidence. And obviously, I went in there with like a build-up over the months of knowing who this guy was. We sort of, I thought he started to remember me. We started to become friends. And I walked in there one day and I go, hey, Steve, how you doing, mate? And he goes, hey, come over here. And so I wandered over. And I go, how are you, mate? And he goes, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I honestly, I, I had the feeling that our relationship was uh, was going a lot better than that. I had a feeling that our relationship was going a lot better than that. But there we there we were. I don't know. He was pretty old school. Maybe I was giving him gay vibes or something. He, he might have thought, he might have looked at me and thought, oh, I don't trust this guy. I reckon this guy's trying to get into my 68-year-old pants. I wasn't at all. I, I don't know why I paused for so long there. Like I was just waiting for that to register as true in your mind. There was nothing like that going on. Maybe, I, there's a chance. I give up, I do, like, Jessie, Jessie said to me when she first met me, she thought I was gay. She thought I was super gay. And uh, I thought that's, that's unfair. I, I was wearing a turtleneck, which uh, which is probably fair. Like the first time I met her, I had a cream turtleneck from a, from a op, op shop, which I, I thought was quite stylish. Like I, I'm from a place called Terelgan, which is in Southeast Gippsland. And, and I, I think fashion sense is not something which Terelgan's renowned for. Like if you've got a pair of slippers, tracksuit pants, and a baggy shirt, maybe a hoodie, uh, which was probably your older brother's been passed down, then that's about the extent of, of fashion knowledge. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna turn this up, up a little bit. Had a, had a, uh, yeah, turtleneck. And I had uh, these pants, which were maybe a little flamboyant. It had like a chick in a, in a bikini just painted down the side, which I thought was was a really cool design. Um, met her in church, though, probably probably really inappropriate to wear that attire to church. A little bit, little bit Catholic priest, a little bit uh, straight off the street. I'm not 100% sure. It wasn't Hillsong either. Pretty sure those pants would be cool at Hillsong. But for me, it was... Um, yeah, I was making an attempt at a fashion statement, but but things like that, like you don't, you forget, you forget about the vibes that you give people, don't you? Like you often, I often think, oh, people, they they sort of just know me, they know I'm, they know I'm straight, they know I like girls, but Jesse, like they know I like one girl is the thing that you should say there. It's true though, but like generally, I don't like I don't like men, I like women is what I was trying to say, you know, girls, and uh, that's too much of a justification. It makes it sound like I'm digging it myself a hole. It's just uh, maybe I've got so much editing to do today. If you if you hear me saying these words, you know I got lazy and just didn't edit. So, um, but I had a bloke at comedy a while ago. I was just having a chat to him, and uh, he's like, "Mate, how long you been doing comedy for?" I was like, "Yeah, man, I've been doing comedy for about uh, two years, two and a half years now." He's like, "Oh, fantastic." Uh, I go, what about you? And we're going back and forth for a little while. He's like, ah, fantastic, man. I didn't, I didn't elaborate much about myself. He's like, hey, uh, hey, dude, look, I don't want to, I don't want to jump the gun. He's like, I just want to let you know, um, we actually, I'm opening, I'm opening up a room for 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 women and gay comics. Um, 
I was like, that's fantastic, man. No, good on you. That sounds like a really cool initiative. He's like, yeah, would you would you like a spot? I said, bro, one, one like, can I just, I just got a couple of questions for you. Like, can you, <laughs> can you just explain to me, like, what have I done? What, what have I done? Like, I'm not, I'm assuming you know I'm not a woman. Like, that was, that part was, was tick. He, he knew that. But I, I just, I, I wanted to know, because some people's gaydars are really good. And I started to get nervous. I was like, man, does this guy, does he know something I don't? Does he, like, that'd be, that'd be a tough conversation to have, wouldn't it? It's such a tough conversation to come home and say to your wife, hey, babe, terrible news. The bloke with the best gaydar at Comedy's bloody called me. He's, he's invited me to a gig. And uh, we need every gig we can get. So I said, mate, of course I'll come. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, bro, like, just, just clarify. What have I, what have I done? Um, I guess, look, I've, I've just made a mistake. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have assumed. I said, look, oh, it's just, I'm not, I'm actually upset that yeah, you assume. That's not what worries me. What worries me is why. Like, am I giving, am I giving this vibe to a lot of people? You know, are you trying to tell me that I look fashionable? I think gay people are quite stylish. In a lot, that's a stereotype, but I think generally speaking, that's probably true, isn't it? Like, if you said who's who's more stylish, a gay person or a straight person, surely, surely gay people are more stylish. That's the vibe I get. You got to have a certain level of confidence to be gay, especially old school gay as well. I love it when you meet old gay guys who have just they came out in like nineteen eighty one before it was sort of like really accepted, before it was a cool thing to do. And they just came out going, you know what, stuff it. This is who I am. I'm just going to, yeah, I'll wear these clothes. I'll dance. I'll take these drugs. I'll go to, I just don't care. There's a certain level of confidence you've got to have. So maybe maybe it was a compliment. Maybe you're saying to me, man, you just rock with so much confidence and so much style that I just thought you couldn't have been anything else but like an early 80s out-of-the-closet style gay guy. Um, no, I, just, I think he just thought I was quite feminine. With the, with the way that I was talking, you know. I'm quite a touchy person as well, so there's probably a lot of touches on the shoulder, uh, maybe a little little bum grab, maybe. <laughs> I didn't grab his bum, I just met him. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so that was that was an interesting experience. So it's always, it's always weird. So if, you, if, you, uh, if you've got any ideas, like if there's something in particular that I'm doing, um, yeah, it's, just, it's strange to catch yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is not what you think. Oh, there's one there's one particular story so I used to work as a as a school teacher just like a CRT school teacher and uh so I'd go in and CRT school teachers like you, you don't get respect it's not a job I never respected them because you know they're not going to be there long term um, they're not there long enough to make an impact they're just there for a paycheck they're usually on their computer uh, working on their own businesses as they're at the front of the classroom this is my personal story anyway so I would I would go into classes and just just make friends with these with these students right and, uh, and one particular day, a student said to me, um, he's like, hey, sir, I love your tattoos. I said, hey, thank you, man. That's great. I really appreciate it. I go, you like, uh, like you're a fan of tattoos? He's like, mate, I've actually got a couple. I go, do you? He go, I go, show me. Like, where, where are they? He goes, oh, oh sir, I've got one on me, um, on me bum cheek, actually. And I was like, oh, oh do you? And uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, do you want to see it? And I was like, mate, on, look, he was a year 10 kid. He was year nine, actually. Bloody, that's probably, yeah. But yeah, you always figure because when you start throwing around mate and it's a bit boy and like we both had like we're both footy boys and uh, I thought, oh, mate, if I saw this guy down at the football club, um, and he said, do you want to say, okay, yeah, mate, of course, show us, show us who could. And I thought, oh, you know what, I'll just I'll take that approach with him. And so um, I said, I'll oh, go on there, mate. Yeah, give us a look. Like, it was a class full of people. So he came up to the front of the class. And he just I thought I thought he was going to put out one bum cheek, just like. But the bloke, he's pulled his full ass out. 
And he's going, oh, can you see it? I go, mate, I, yep, I could see the whole thing. But as, so I'm sitting in my chair, I've got this kid's ass in my face, not that close, but it's close enough to be uncomfortable. Like if you were caught with a kid's ass in your face like this in any other context, actually school would be the worst context to be caught like that. And uh, anyway, as he, as he had his ass out, another teacher walked in and uh, it was a teacher, it was a teacher of significant reputation at that school, uh, knew that I was a CRT there. It probably wouldn't have encouraged me encouraging kids to get their ass out to show me tattoos. And it was just a, it was a predicament that I found myself in that I just I never really wanted to be in again because it doesn't matter what you say in that situation. It's just it's hard to justify why you're looking so closely at a, a teenage boy's ass. Um, it wasn't even a good tattoo. It wasn't it wasn't worth seeing. It wasn't done well. It was clearly panicked. I reckon he'd had a couple of beers when he accepted the the challenge to get the tattoo. Um, I actually don't know what it was. But the teacher pulled me aside. He said, "Mate, look, I know, I know you CRT, and you could just see the awkwardness in his face. You could see, like, he was trying to tell. I go, mate, look, hey, for what it's worth, just let me. Can I take the words out of your mouth? Like, ideally, what you're trying to say, you don't want me to have kids' asses out in the class. Is that right? And he goes, mate, essentially, that's that's all I want. I go, you know what? That's a it's a completely valid request, and it'll never it'll never happen again." Which I shouldn't say. You should say never say never because if he comes back in six months, he goes, "Hey, I had that tattoo done up." I can't just say, "Oh, mate, I don't want to see it." <laughs> Can you? Is that that's what you have to do? I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, so that's why I don't know. I get funny. I get funny about. There's just there's more there's more that you should be looking at than just mandated vaccines for a teacher to be qualified to go into a school because I've been going in there for years. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I don't think a mandate for a vaccine should mean that I should be allowed back into schools because based on that behaviour, I should never have got my working with children check. In fact, speaking about this, maybe maybe I'll never get it back. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it helps that I was that kid's parent. I was friends with his parents. So I told him what happened. Like, oh, bloody hell. He's so, he's so naughty, isn't he? I was like, yes, but look, if anything, look, if anything happens... If I'm if I'm getting pulled over, if I'm getting in trouble, or if you know my license is about to be revoked or something because of the fact he's he's flopped his ass out, can you can you have my back? Yeah, and that was a uh, that was it. There's a few things I just wanted to get off my chest for you today. I don't know. I've got this new little Sharon up here. I'm trying to take care of this studio for you as well. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure what it needs. I think it looks pretty. I think it looks pretty good. Like I, I like the setup at the moment. Steve Prefontaine, uh, Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan here, Johnny Cash, a pot plant from the hallway, and another little Johnny Cash video there. I don't. Know, I really. I like the look of this. I think it looks really good. But 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 let me know what it's missing. All right. If you think you, there's a way that I can make it look better, um, yeah, please let me know. I've got to have this pop filter over the microphone because if I if I don't have this here, uh, I did a podcast with a bloke a while ago and I didn't have this on here. And if if just imagine, it's just it's just a big shaft essentially coming up towards my chin, and uh, yeah, the podcast I did with this bloke, he goes, hey, I just want to let you know I felt really uncomfortable for that whole podcast, and he sent me a screenshot of my face with the microphone at my chin, and I said, mate, I'd just like to apologise. I'm going to be posting this as an audio podcast only, uh, not as a visual one. <laughs> Anyway, I'm thinking, I reckon the next couple of weeks, I might even try and reach out to a couple of people and, and do a couple of little interviews, not on a regular basis. Like maybe I do I do one of these ones where we chat for an hour and then I do another one where I chat to someone interesting for an hour. But 
we'll see how we go. If there's any if there's any topics you reckon I should talk about, hey, shoot me a message. Let me know what uh, what is topical so that next week next week I can can share my thoughts if you're interested. Anyway, hey, but that's about enough from me. Thanks for thanks for stopping by again today. Really, really appreciate you guys being here. And I'll um I'll see you all next week.